Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Nearly everywhere that Paul established a church, there were those who came in behind him and preached a false gospel. They preached a message of works. Paul emphasized that salvation and the forgiveness of sins came by faith in Jesus alone. Today on Drawing Near, the Philippian people reminded to beware of those who pervert the true gospel. I invite you to open your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 3 and join me for Rejoice in Christ. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the salvation that we have in Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. We're so thankful for his atoning work on the cross and shedding his blood so that we might be saved. Father, we also thank you for the preaching of the gospel in our hearts and lives that promotes faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that we will understand the context of today's passage, and not just the context, but how they apply to us today. Help us, Father, to understand how we are saved and the importance of your means of salvation. Guide us in our study. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Today, as we move into chapter 3 of Philippians, we move to the second half of this letter. It's interesting in chapter 3, the first word in the New King James Version is finally, as if Paul is concluding his thoughts. And yet we're only halfway through the letter. There's still chapters 3 and 4 to go. So he says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. That's been a theme. Paul wants his disciples to rejoice over his suffering, to rejoice that he may be set free, to rejoice that he's coming to them. And now he just simply says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. The Christian life is to be characterized by rejoicing in the Lord, not just rejoicing, but rejoicing in Jesus Christ and what he has done in saving us and how he sustains and sanctifies us now and the fact that we will one day be glorified in eternity. There is so much to rejoice in the Lord over. The sad thing is many Christians get their eyes on the circumstances of this world and they surrender that aspect of rejoicing in the Lord. We are commanded in chapter 3, verse 1, to rejoice in the Lord, not encouraged, not just told that we can. This is a command. It is an act of obedience and faith to recognize all that we have, all that we are in Christ, and rejoice in the Lord. That is a proper perspective on salvation. Then Paul says, for me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Peter says the same thing about repeating what he's writing. So maybe Paul has written a letter before, and this is another one, and now he's writing the same kinds of things, or maybe he's referring to the fact that he repeatedly tells them to rejoice in the Lord. Either way, repetition is good for us. We learn, we remember, we grow by hearing the same truths over and over again. We are people who forget these things very, very quickly. We don't forget them in our minds. We forget to do them. So Paul says, I need to write the same things to you. 
No doubt, here's some of what he's writing again. It's a consistent theme in many of his letters. Verse 2, beware of dogs. Beware of evildoers. Beware of the mutilation. Oftentimes, as Paul ministered, he would establish a church, and then he would move on to another community to establish another church. Coming in behind him would be a group of people called the Judaizers. What they did was they wanted to convert Gentiles who had trusted in Christ to Judaism. They seemed to believe in Jesus and what he did on the cross, but it wasn't enough that these Gentile believers just trusted in Christ. These Judaizers came in and said, you needed to become fully Jew. You needed to come under the law, which began with being circumcised. And that's why Paul talks about the mutilation. They wanted to come in and circumcise all the male Christians who were Gentile and make them Jews. Paul refers to these individuals in very derogatory language. He says, beware of dogs. It's like they come in after Paul has already set the table with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're just kind of picking up the scraps. They're not doing anything on their own. They're predators. Beware of evil workers. These people weren't just teaching a different doctrine. They were teaching a false doctrine. They were teaching a false gospel. We have false gospels in our world today. There are those who say that in order to be saved, you trust in Jesus, and you have to be a member of their church or their denomination, or you have to take communion faithfully, regularly, or you have to confess your sins and be absolved of your sins by a human being, or you must be baptized in order to be saved, or you must do this and do this in order to be saved. We need to understand, we are saved through faith in Jesus Christ alone. What Jesus Christ did on the cross, that alone is sufficient to save us from our sin, and we need to put our faith in him. Yes, Christians are to do good works. Yes, we are to be sanctified and matured in the faith. But those good works are being obedient to Jesus after we have been saved. We're not obedient to be saved. We're obedient because we have been saved. Our eyes have been opened. Our hearts have been made new. We are alive in Christ, and now we can live faithfully to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not what these people were teaching. These dogs, these evildoers, this mutilation, they came in and said, you're not saved yet. You need to be circumcised. You need to be Jewish. You need to come under the law. Paul says this is wrong. They were false teachers, evil workers. In verse 3, he comes back and says this, For we are the circumcision. Now He's not saying we Jews are the circumcision. He's saying we Christians, Jew or Gentile, are the circumcision. Because, as he says in Romans, We have been circumcised in our heart. The dead flesh of our heart has been cut away, and we are alive in Christ. Not physically, but spiritually we have been circumcised. So we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ, and have no confidence in the flesh. We need to know that describes us. We are the true circumcision, the true Jew who worship God in the Spirit, because God is Spirit, and they who worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus said. 
and we rejoice in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone. He said that in verse 1, rejoice in the Lord. And now he says we are those who rejoice in Christ Jesus. Our rejoicing is because of what Jesus has done, not because of what we do. And we have no confidence in the flesh. We do not put confidence in our deeds as attaining to anything. Then Paul moves on in verse 4 and says this, Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Now, Paul's not saying that he has confidence in the flesh, but if anyone has grounds to put confidence in the flesh in their works, then Paul would have these grounds. Look what he says. In verse 5, I'm circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. In other words, Paul has this list, and he just starts checking off line after line on this list of those things that qualify him, according to Jewish custom, to be a rabbi, to be the elite of the elite. But Paul is going to tell us very, very soon that this is not anything to be counted on. This is not anything to be confident in. We have no confidence in the flesh. We are sinners. And Paul is saying, even though he has checked off all the boxes of Judaism, of God's chosen people, he is a sinner, and he has no confidence in the flesh either. So he says, beware of the dogs, beware of the false gospel. And please let me plead with you today. Know the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross as our acceptable sacrifice, shedding his blood in atonement for our sin, that we, through faith in Jesus alone, might be saved and reconciled to God. And he was resurrected the third day, the first fruits of the resurrection, which means all of us who trust in Jesus will one day resurrect from the dead and receive our new bodies, and we will forever be with Christ. That's the glorious gospel. That's what we trust in. That's what transforms our hearts and lives. That's what regenerates us into the image of Christ, faith in Jesus alone, not faith in Jesus and joining this church not faith in Jesus and getting baptized, not faith in Jesus and taking communion or witnessing or doing this or doing that. All of those things may be good things, but they're not necessary for salvation, and we need to know this. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for faith. Thank you for words like these in our Bible which clarify exactly how and by whom we are saved. Protect us, Father, instill in us the knowledge of the true gospel. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page, Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and he will draw near to us.